I'm Luka Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Jerk with the And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, and joining me, as always, my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com, the girl dad himself. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? Well, full transparency, we uh, just restarted this pod because my recording on my end sucked. But uh, no, yeah, man, yesterday I wrote a piece for Mavs.com about the girl dads on the Mavs. And uh, it was personal on my side, too, as my wife uh, and I are expecting uh, our little girl any day now. Literally, she's yeah had contractions today, and it's coming in the next day or so. So this will probably be my last pod this week. Uh, I think you think I can convince her to start back doing pods next week? Possibly. Uh, when my daughter's like, I don't know, five days old, four days old. Think we can get Barb on a pod? <laughs> Is that what you said? <laughs> convince her to do pods? Is that what you said? <laughs> I don't know. She'd she'd be down, but <laughs> no, yeah. Um, go if you want to have a more lighthearted uh, read before the All Star break uh, kind of finishes up. Uh, go read that, and I, I I enjoyed how it turned out. I love. I really appreciate the players opening up about their families, and yeah. for uh, me as a fan, I love trying to relate to players. Sometimes that we put them on these pedestals because they're millionaires, and we watch them on TV all the time. It's kind of hard to relate with them sometimes. And hearing Seth Curry talk about <laughs> losing sleep and uh, changing diapers, and hearing JJ Barea just talk about his family and just literally glowing talking about his family, it, it you're like, man, I kind of relate with you bro and so it was just cool i'm thankful that they opened up and talked about that stuff uh they didn't have to uh players some players are really secluded about you know just keeping that stuff private and which i get 100 so anyway and shout out to the mavs for uh, let me write a piece like that and getting personal and uh, it was a different type of piece so if you haven't read it i encourage you to go read it lighthearted but deep there's a deep side to it you're very personal in it and uh you're you know your daughter is coming soon. I introduced you as a girl dad. Technically, you're not a girl dad yet as we're recording this. The baby is going to be due soon. That's why Isaac is uh, not going to be on the pod for, for a little while maybe. But we will, uh, man, we'll just keep watching that. And go click the link in the description of this podcast. Click where it says Isaac's articles on locked on or on Mavs.com. And you can go read his article. It was really, really good. Really well done. Um, so good on you. J.J. Barea shares a story in there. Of how he, you know, the day that they discovered that he was having a girl for his second child, and it made me laugh. Uh, the way that he described it, it made me laugh reading it, and, you know, you don't often <laughs> laugh out loud. Uh, sometimes you just do the nose thing, like, you know, like you do the nose thing when you laugh. I actually out loud laughed when I read this. So, go read that. It's good stuff. Maps.com. Uh, all right, Isaac, on today's show, we are going to break down five big post-All-Star break questions for the Dallas Mavericks. A lot of people... Use the All Star break as halfway point of the oh. season. It's it's kind of a pet peeve of mine. Now, I'm not gonna lie. Now maybe if you're looking at it from the standpoint of beginning of the season till the finals, it's a halfway point. Maybe in just specific time, but even that I don't think is true. For the Mavericks, though, 27 games left. That is not half of 82. I don't know what math you guys are doing out no. there. Math is hard, but it's not that hard. So 27 what? games left for the Mavericks. This is the run for the playoffs. I love the, I love tweets. I love articles. I love anything titled, "Hey, 
at the mid midway point of the season, this is where they stand right now. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, are we? Are we? So anyway, 41 it's, games. It's, that's midway point. Yes. So anyway, I thoroughly enjoy that over All-Star break and this week before the game gets started. So if y'all <laughs> want to send them my way, if you find more uh, more tweets and uh, titles or articles and stuff, I'm here all for here for it. Send them my way. Tweet them at me. So these are five big questions about uh, success and failure for the Mavericks, about the playoff rotation, about uh, potential matchups that we would like. So we're going to rank them one to five, the potential playoff matchups for the Mavericks. It's going to be it's going to be tight in <laughs> some of these rankings. Uh, some of the biggest, what's the biggest weakness the Mavericks have? And then how far can a healthy Mavericks team actually get? Because that's really mm. the key. Uh, and hopefully we avoid just saying, well, health injuries, because that's the one thing, you know, this Mavericks team really can't have in the playoffs. But let's get into it. Isaac, first question. At this point in the season... You know, we're 27 games left. What would you consider a success and failure for the Mavericks this season at right now? So not at the beginning of the season, we said this, that would have been it. Right now, with our you know adjusted expectation based on what the Mavericks have done so far, what would be a success and failure for you for this squad? Uh, for me, my success, um, really everything hasn't changed since the beginning of the season. I think... Uh, going into the season, if you ask me the same question, I'm like, hey, make the playoffs. That That's the, even though, you know, the players, everybody were like, hey, it's, we just don't want to just make it. We, you know, we want to keep going. I get that completely. But as a fan perspective and podcast, I was like, I, for me, it was just make the playoffs. And if you make the playoffs, man, that was a successful season. You went from 33 wins last year, which they're at right now, coming out of the all-star way, break, the midway point of the season. <laughs> and... Yeah, if you if you get if you sniff 50 wins and you know you win 47, 46 games and you make the playoffs, even if you get bounced in the first round, guys, even if they get swept, I'm still gonna th- even I they, still think even if they don't win a game, I still think this is a successful successful season. Now, failure is they're what eight and a half games out from ninth, in uh, Portland's in that nice spot. They are they've won. 25 games. They're 25 and 31. The Mavericks are 33 and 22. I felt like they were on a little winning streak. They're not. They've lost two in a row going into the break. And, you know, Lillard got hurt right before the break. But complete colossal failure if they miss the playoffs at this point. I don't think it it, it would – something drastic would have to happen for for that to happen. So, I think either way, the way it's looking, it's a successful season. Before the season, if you had told me the Mavericks would make the playoffs, I'd say that was a success, right? And then at some point during the season, I don't know at what point, maybe we should go back and look through our pods and figure out at what point did we adjust our expectations to it being, well, the Mavericks have to go, and maybe not you and I, but other people went to, you know, oh, the Mavericks now have to get, you know, win a round in the playoffs, or they have to win games in the playoffs, or win 50 games. It's not, it's not enough for them to just make the playoffs, but... I had the same thing. I wrote down, win a playoff game. That's what I want them to do. Get to the playoffs and win one game. Because I think I think a sweep would be pretty disappointing. I don't know if I'd consider that a catastrophic failure, obviously. But I think a success would be to at least win one playoff game. Win 50 games in the regular season. Right now, they're on a 49-win pace, which is totally doable to win 50 games. That would be massive for this team. Uh, and then failure for me is just miss the playoffs. Those, that's the spectrum, right? Anything yeah. above or below that is, you know, completely, you know, frosting on top of the the cupcake, or it's just completely like all the way to the bottom, like despair, right? <laughs> like absolute dread and despair. But at this point, for them to miss the playoffs, Portland would have to go on a run. Maybe the maybe the Pelicans, maybe the Spurs would have to go on a crazy run. 
And the Mavericks, I think Luka would have to get hurt, right? Miss the rest yeah. of the season. He would have to miss the rest of the season for them to miss the playoffs at this point. We can't go down that road. And even with Luka missing missing games, they've beaten you know two of the best teams in the East. So, yeah, I think for me, do I expect them to get swept? Absolutely not. I, I think they win at least a couple games in the first round. But it, even if they don't meet what I expect of them in the playoffs, I still think it's a success of the season. Yeah, no, and that's fair. It's, it's what we at this point consider. So tweet us at Nick Van Exit at Isaac L Harris at Locked On Mavs. Uh, Lockdown Maps really close to four to four thousand Twitter followers, which is awesome. No way. Uh, yeah, we're about ninety nine right now away from four thousand. So Let's if there's ninety nine of you out there that haven't created a Twitter account, that uh, have a, a you know a rogue Twitter account that you just follow a couple accounts with, go follow Lockdown Maps. Uh, also, go follow the Lockdown NBA accounts. It's Lockdown NBA Net on Instagram, on Twitter, and on Facebook. Go follow that because I'm posting stuff from every single pod to get different perspectives. I posted the MKG interview that we did, the Michael Kidd Gilchrist interview that we did on yesterday's show. I posted a video on that so you can go check that out. And you can see an actual picture of Isaac actually talking to the real MKG. So you can go see that. Um, and follow those accounts. I'm running those accounts now. Um, so we post good stuff on there. So go follow those and uh, get locked in and locked on with the rest of the Locked On Network. There's some really, really good podcasts on this network. Um, I've been listening to a ton of them as I've been running these new social accounts. And there's just some really, really good podcasts out there. So if you're interested in a couple other teams or if you're interested in some players, go check out some of those. Um, Jake Madison, I've done Locked On NBA with him a couple of times. He's really, really good on Locked On Pelicans. So uh, go check out some of those other accounts. All right. Isaac, before we move on to the next question, mm. think about this. The next question, who is in the Mavs playoff rotation at this point? Think about that. Mm. Everyone tweet us what you think about the playoff rotation, and we will answer that question after this. But before we do, Isaac Harris, we all have stress and things that weigh on us, and sometimes that stress and weight can cause real physical pain. Well, now there's a new thing called the Theragun. I'm sure you've seen NBA players use certain type of thing like this, uh, like a massaging gun that helps muscles. Uh, and I've never used one personally, but here is a testimonial from someone that has actually used it, and it's really worked for, for them. This is Manuel from Texas. He says, I'm no athlete, but I am one of Texas' finest. He's a Texas State trooper. I patrol over 300 miles a day on some of Texas's lonely roads and highways, and when I get home, my muscles are aching. I purchased the Theragun a couple weeks ago, and I love it. It loosens up my muscles and helps me recover and gets me ready for another day. You don't have to be a professional athlete for this product. Trust me, because I'm not, and I love this product. Again, that's Manuel from our own Texas. You feel better naturally, you treat your pain, and you get your own life back. And you can try the Theragun risk-free for 30 days or your money back by going to theragun.com slash locked on. That's T-H-E-R-A-G-U-N dot com slash locked on. And for a limited time, listeners to the Locked On Mavericks podcast get a free charging stand with purchase. That's $79 value for that charging stand. You get it free with the purchase. So go to theragun.com slash locked on. Theragun.com slash locked on. There will be a link in the description of this podcast. All right, Isaac. The Mavericks playoff rotation at this point. It's something we've talked about a lot, and the Mavericks have a bunch of guys. This has been a you know a theme or a trend for the entire season. Uh, before the before every single game in my game notes, I write down you know trends to watch so I can look back and I can see this is the stuff we were talking about. This is the things that I'm watching, and maybe things in the specific game that I want to watch. And um, 
the the rotation has been a big thing. There's, the Mavs have a lot of guys. That's you know Delon versus Seth minutes, uh, Brunson versus you know Delon minutes. Like those things have been you know people's p- position in the rotation. You know not just the the nine or ten guys that Carlisle is playing. You know does Brea get any minutes? That kind of stuff. In the playoffs, it becomes even more important because uh, a lot of it is matchup based. But you you determine which guys Carlisle really trusts and which guys he thinks give the Mavericks the best chance to win, you know, a game or, you know, night to night. Who at this point do we think is in the Mavs playoff rotation? We won't go against, you know, we, we can maybe change it for matchup, but just right now, who do you think are the, the you know, the nine guys? Yeah, so, I, you know, you definitely have the top four, Luca, KP, Dorian, and Tim Hardaway. And then... That's my, that my exact top four. So after that, then I kind of put Maxi and Seth in their own category because they're definitely going to be a part of the rotation. It's my next so, two. So then there's three players after that that, you know, I think it's DeLon, Jalen Brunson, and then for me it's J.J. Barea. And a lot of times when you you, know, you get to the playoffs, it, you know, the rotation shrinks down to, you know, to like, what, eight, maybe nine. And I think DeLon plays for sure – I think for me, one of the questions is how how many minutes does Brunson lose to JJ Barea when the game's on the line? It's playoff, you know, atmosphere, everything. That's what I'm, you know, looking at. And Willie Boban, uh, those have like those are like matchup based, but I don't, I wouldn't say that they're uh, like all in part of the rotation right now. If I had to guess, if I had to guess, I the same as you, except. So I have Luca, Porzingis, Dorian, Tim Hardaway Jr. The fifth starter, you know, we're back to the fifth starter question, right? And now it's Dwight yeah. Powell instead of, you know, uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. or a wing. Uh, we're back to whoever the fifth starter is. That will depend on the matchup. Uh, it'll be either Maxi or, um, you know, Curry. That's that, I think, between those two is probably maybe Berea if things get crazy. Uh, but then it's Maxi, Curry, DeLon, definite spots in the rotation. The eighth guy, I think, is J.J. Barea. I think that Carlisle, when when it comes down to it, Carlisle, they've been, I think they've been saving J.J. Barea a little bit yeah. for the potential playoffs, and I think he's guaranteed a, a spot in you know the playoff rotation. Then there's a ninth spot that I think is just a straight up wild card. I think <laughs> this is crazy wild card between Brunson, Justin Jackson, Michael Kidd, Gilchrist, um, Willie Colley Stein, Bobon. And Courtney Lee. Lee. Even Courtney Lee. Like, all those guys could be could potentially get minutes in the playoffs depending on who you match up with. You just have a straight wild card after the eighth spot to me. MKG is the is the, the complete wild card. Because we haven't seen him yet. We haven't seen him in the system. If he comes out and shows that he can be a legitimate small ball five and, you know, they're making it work offensively and stuff, then I could I could definitely see him being in that playoff rotation. It's just it's really hard to predict anything with MKG right now. It's really hard to predict anything with Carlisle, too. Yeah, for <laughs> real. There are some things that we look at and we say, okay, yeah, this is it. And I don't think Justin Jackson gets a lot of playoff minutes. I don't think so either. I think I, it would be... It would be hard for me to see him get minutes at this point. I mean, we've seen him the last couple of games the Mavericks have played that he doesn't either get minutes or doesn't get minutes in the fourth quarter, right? Mm-hmm. Which is which is very telling for me. Uh, which is you know sucks for Justin Jackson, but it's kind of warranted based on the play. And if you read Twitter at any point during a Mavs game, you know that that is true. Um, <laughs> all right, next question: Rank these Mavs potential playoff matchups from worst, so the mm. one that the Mavs least want to see, to the best matchup. So let's start with the worst. I think we can. Okay, these are the five because I think these are the five that the Mavericks 
could potentially match up with. They're not going to match up with the Lakers, right? That's not one of them. Yeah. They're not going to match up with the eighth seed. So Memphis, Portland, San Antonio, Pelicans, you know, any of those guys. I don't think they're a matchup with them either. Hey, make sure you say the Suns, okay? They have an all-star. They do. They have an all-star. They have 22 wins. Um, yes. They also, I don't know if I've, I've watched a game with them where their whole team is available. So I think that's something has they need Ta- to figure has out. Has Tyler Johnson signed with anyone yet? No. Uh, Mo's oh, he's, he's going to go to your boys. Cousin Mo's. Oh, man. He can't shoot the three. That's, that's the thing that's holding back Tyler Johnson. Who's better, Tyler Johnson or Reggie Jackson? I don't know. Reggie Jackson is some competitive imbalances happening right now with Reggie Jackson. <laughs> Stop. Oh, man. Um, so these are the five teams. The Nuggets, the Clippers, the Jazz, the Rockets, and the Thunder. Those are the five potential teams. And that's crazy. That's, what, that's how crazy the West is right now. That It's so tight together right now i mean there's what five games separating the nuggets and the mavericks (laughs) that's that's two and seven i mean that's so many combinations that could happen so those are the five potential playoff matchups uh worst has to be the clippers right there's there's no other way you can put it that's the worst matchup for them they you know beat the mavericks twice already the first time they just absolutely smashed them second time without paul george or the second time did they have paul george no i don't think the second one they did yeah um, it was a clutch game, but the Mavericks still lost it. Um, they're just a really bad matchup for anybody. Yeah, Clippers are definitely the worst uh, matchup. I mean, I think everyone in the West, you know, would would pit the Clippers first, including the Lakers. Uh, that's who you, you don't want to see. They have Kawhi. They have everything. I mean, I we joke about Reggie Jackson, but getting him for free. I mean, that's that's. I mean, a, a nice pickup for it's free. nice for so. them, but it also shows their position. <laughs> right, the, the, yeah. the players are starting to, you know, buyout candidates want to go there because they think that, that they give them the best chance. <laughs> exactly, and that you know when you know like a Tristan Thompson gets bought out, and you know some of these other teams, like what if what if Memphis was interested in Tristan Thompson? They're not because they have Gorgon Valanciunas, Valanciunas, but with with you know with Tristan he would pick a you know better team and that's what we've been saying all along you know the clippers obviously get getting Reggie Jackson for free is uh kind of crazy but he's it's not like he's changing you know he's shifting the west either so yeah uh clippers definitely won i think this is where this is where it's up for debate i think with other people and even maybe me and you but i'm going with utah as number 2 on my list i did the same thing over denver we just saw, you know, Bogdanovich what he, what he did, you know, Rudy against, you know, KP. You obviously want KP, you know, pulling him away from the basket some, but just I like their starting five a lot, and even that's even with you know Conley or Roy, Royce O'Neal coming off the bench. So uh, I like their top six players in their rotation a lot, and Quinn Snyder's a really good coach. So I would put, yeah, I put Utah right behind uh, the Clippers. The Jazz had one big weakness going into the season and at the start of the season the reason why they were losing games at the beginning of the season was their bench and dang it if Jordan Clarkson didn't get traded there and drop 20 every single time I watch a jazz game I mean the, the I forgot guy, about Jordan Clarkson yeah the guy Top has seven. been a flamethrower for them and he he's gonna he's gonna be a factor in the playoffs which is why a wild thing to say right <laughs> he's gonna yeah. be a factor and Kyle Kuzma probably isn't <laughs> <laughs> to think about where all these young Lakers are, and you know, in their career, and that Jordan Clarkson is the one that's dropping twenty off the Utah Jazz bench. That was always his role, by the way. I watched so many games of that young Lakers team, and he was always going to be the Lou Williams, come off the bench and just 
light it up for a little bit against you know second units. But this Jazz team is is tough for the Mavs. I mean, they have an interior defender, Gobert. Uh, that block that he did against against Delon Wright in the Mavs game, yeah. like, that was one of the greatest defensive plays <laughs> against the Mavs this season so far. And you know that that saved their game, and he can do that on a regular basis. You know, Donovan Mitchell is kind of he's a real wild card for them as far as you know what do they get from him in the playoffs. The last couple of years have been a little rough. Uh, if they get you know all-star Donovan Mitchell in the playoffs, like that's a real tough team. If they get Bogdanovich yeah. has been pretty good in the playoffs, you get him going. Um, Joe Ingles, you know, uh, Mike Conley. Mike Conley is their X factor, I think. If X you factor, get, yeah. Yeah, if you get any version of Mike Conley from two or three years ago come playoff time, that's scary. And I think it's a little glimpse into roster building and something to keep in mind from a Mavericks perspective that we still got a little bit of ways to go to get some of these other pieces, you know, as far as moving forward, but you have Mitchell and Gobert. Then look at their, you know, their two all stars. Then look at their supporting cast. You have somebody like Bogdanovich who's making what twenty million a year, really good player. Joe Ingles, really good player. Mike Conley, you know, is this you know vet that you know, yeah, he's had you know struggling season stuff. Like Royce O'Neal is our our Dorian Finney Smith. Yeah, and Dorian, you can make an argument that he's the third best player on the Mavs. So like that that's Dorian is. Yeah, I, I think you can make an argument. I think Tim Hardaway nice, has yeah. has that has that spot, but as far as like defense, all this stuff, so it'd be like Utah, you know, and saying Royce O'Neal is their third best player. So I'm just trying to say like they they have different pieces. They've went out and got different pieces like the Bognatovich, you know, bringing in Mike Conley is kind of the icing on the cake, and having Joe Ingles there. That's one through what, one through six, they're definitely better than the Mavs. Yeah, six. so yeah, so Dallas, you know, we still got a little bit of ways to go. Now, can some of these guys step up and show that they're, you know, equivalent to a Joe Ingles or, you know, whatever it is? Yeah, sure. As, you know, the season plays out or maybe in the playoffs, what if somebody kills it in the playoff, you're like, "All right, let's go. You're that piece." And Luka is is the best player in that series though. That really that oh, yeah, that, that sure. can be a real equalizer for teams. We've seen teams that don't have as good of a supporting cast. I mean, look at all the Cavs teams LeBron dragged all, all over the place. But he can be an equalizer, but just depth-wise, you know, the Mavericks are undermanned against the Jazz. And the, the next one for me is the Nuggets. That's number three. Yeah, I have, I have Nuggets uh, three also. And the the Nuggets still scare me some. They're, they're scary as far as just their talent and how they play as a team. But I'm just still in a weird spot with Jamal Murray. I just still don't know where I feel about him. I think it's risky just to go into the playoffs and saying – that you have to have him playing. He at was good eight. in the playoffs last year. I remember. He was, yeah. I remember doing. Uh, I did some kind of Dawkins video on him and about his ISO scoring, and he was scoring like a madman off isolation. Uh, and they don't need him in the clutch. That's the thing. They don't need him. Jokic has been a really, really good clutch player this year, and he's been able to hit the final shot. And against the Mavericks, you know, interior post defense, he's going to yeah. be able to hit shots like that. Yeah. So I mean, they're still scary. I, I like their depth a lot, but them um, on a bigger scale than Dallas, they got. I want to see what their rotation looks like when it comes to the playoffs. They're not going to be playing, you know. They have a lot of guys. Yeah, they do. They have a lot of guys. Less now after the the trade deadline, but that's true. They made some moves, but they also you know replaced them some. I mean, hey, Jordan McRae move that was huge, and (laughs) but no, I want to see what you know. They they have a small ball possibility with with Jeremy Grant. I've always loved Jeremy Grant. Um, they still have Paul Millsap and you know Gary Harris. These guys, Will Barton. So they have good play. I'm just, yeah, I would put them a notch below Utah if I had to pick. 
Then after that for me is the Rockets. Um, we haven't seen the Ro- the Mavericks with with Luca play against this new small ball lineup. Uh, that'll be really really interesting to see. But we've seen what Porzingis can do against them. Uh, he had a really really good game against them. And so with Luca, hopefully that's you know a big equalizer for them. And then um, I don't think the Rockets are going to get away with all of this Russell Westbrook. Like it's a lot of Russell Westbrook with this real small ball lineup that they've been throwing out. I don't know if they're going to get away with all the Russell Westbrook guys. Tighten things up a little bit. Defenses are more communicative. You have guys trying harder to stop. There won't be as many business decisions. Right now, there's a lot of business decisions with Westbrook driving as much as he does right now. So uh, next is the Rockets for me. And then, obviously, then the Thunder are number five. I disagree. You flipped them. I'd rather play the Thunder. I'd rather play the Rockets over the Thunder. I just I like I love how we match up with the Rockets. They're last on this list for me, and I I love KP going against the the smaller guys. I love give me Luca against Harden. Let them equal out. Let Russ shoot all day. Um, I just like how they match up with Houston, and I would rather play Houston than OKC. And is is that like hot ish take? Warm take? It's Rockets red hot take. I'm here. I, I'm. I'm just. I mean. I just think. Yeah. And I don't want to say and build up OKC, OKC's team and all this stuff because they lack wings. But uh, Chris Paul is really good in clutch. I like SGA, Gallinari spacing, Stephen Adams, the big body down low. They're, they're like, six deep too. That's that's a six deep team. They they have vets that know how to play. And I, I do like the Covington addition uh, to Houston. But I'm down to see Luke. I, yeah. I think that would be the matchup that if Houston went on a little winning uh, winning spree here, and they're two behind Utah right now in the win, uh, yeah, just two two games back. If they went, if they went a little bit and they match up with Houston going to the playoffs, that would be the matchup to where I would I would definitely be you know rubbing my hands together and be like, let's go, <laughs> let's like, go. I, I think That'd we have fun. a legit shot to go to round two. I wish the Mavs still had Dwight in a Houston series. Man, I don't think, I he, think would, he would roll. I think he would roll all over them. He would, but I think you'd he can, almost he, he can defend on the perimeter though. True, but I think you, yeah, yeah. But I, I still like Dorian Tim against those guys. You're, you're going to shoot. I mean, what Mavericks right now are like second in the league in three point you know attempts. They're gonna they're gonna shoot just as many oh, yeah. threes yeah. as Houston. KP's gonna feast on them like he did, you know, when they didn't have Luca. Yeah. And I'm down for Luca and Harden canceling each other out. And I just don't trust Russ that much. So even with his recent hot streak. There you go. Give me Houston in first round. I'm all in. All right, coming up, two more questions. What's the Mavericks' biggest weakness and how healthy how 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 far can a healthy Mavericks team go? Coming up. All right, Isaac, a couple more questions quickly. What's the Mavericks' biggest weakness, and how can they internally address it? We're kind of out of options as far as buyout guys, as far as trades, things like that. What can the Mavericks do internally to address their biggest weakness, and what is it? Um, oh, gosh. I mean, I thought about the clutch stuff, but I'm just going to go with a bigger picture and a generic answer of a more consistent defense. And I think night in, night out, it's kind of hit or miss on the effort, just everything yeah. when it comes on the defensive end. And am I saying the MKG is going to solve all the problems? No, but I, I think he he's not going to hurt the defense. So, I mean, I think he'll help it some. But if he works, right, if he works and he can become yeah. the ninth guy in a rotation, the eighth guy in a rotation, like if, if, if his 
offensive downfalls are just you know just about neutral, right? If he can be early, you know, Dorian Finney-Smith, then then the Mavericks can that may be able to address a lot of the Mavericks' defensive issues. Uh, as far as another guy to defend these wings, you know, imagine Dorian Tim like Tim Hardaway Jr. right now is the Mavs' second option for like Harden Westbrook. Like Harden Westbrook, they they throw Dorian on one of them and Tim Hardaway Jr. on the other. Imagine if you could throw Michael Kidd Gilchrist instead, right? Like that yeah. that would change things a little bit because then it drops everybody else down a peg as far as their matchup defensively. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And, Huge you know, Delon. It is a huge if, so we don't want to like bank on MKG being that piece. But I, I just think that's their that's their biggest struggle right now that they got to focus on this um, quote second half of the season <laughs> uh, of being a more consistent defensive team and just giving it all night in night out and figuring that all that stuff out, talking more. Um, yeah, that's my answer. I think it is the clutch stuff. I think finishing games, I think getting Luca back to Luca of last year, which is wild. The thing that he regret, the only thing he regressed from first year to second year was how well he did in the clutch. And uh, that's the thing that they have to address. How do they finish games? How do they close out games, especially at home? <laughs> close out games yeah. at home. Um, the Mavericks need to figure out what do they do down the stretch? Who do they turn to? What matchups? Um, what lineups do they throw out there in clutch? Uh, that's the biggest thing. And internally, they address it by hopefully getting some more practice at it throughout the rest of the mm-hmm. season, hopefully getting healthy enough to have the full you know, team to be able to practice some of these things and just getting Luka more reps and getting him more confident. The more confident Luka is going to the playoffs, like Luka's confidence can swing playoff series, right? Like That's how talented yeah. the guy is already. Uh, all-star starter. I mean, you can't say enough about him that um, – getting him to a point where he's confident enough in clutch games to shoot the ball better than he has and then to um, you know, carry the Mavs in the way that they need and maybe getting somebody else confident, Tim Hardaway Jr., Curry, one other player, one other scorer, and it's probably yeah. Porzingis, getting one other scorer confident enough that they can contribute in these clutch games too when, when maybe Luka doesn't have it. Yeah. What's the last question again? That's the thing. How, how far can a healthy Mavs team go? Let's say they have everybody back except for Dwight, obviously. Um, can the Mavericks win a round? Can the Mavericks win two rounds? I mean, are we? This could be a team like the Blaze if they get a certain, you know, matchup. Bro, this was my, this was my angle. This is it. I was going to go all spicy, hot take and say Western Conference Finals is the is the peak is is peak moment it, for for Dallas if things shake out a certain way. It would have to be a Blazers run like last year. That's though. it. It would have it's to be exactly that. it. Blazers, you look at what the Blazers did last year. They rode the coattails of their duo in CJ McCollum, Damian Lillard, playing at the top of their games. Um, you know, they took Denver to what seven games in that second round. <clears throat> that's that's the type of team you look at and say, dang, like, like I forget sometimes that that Portland team made it to the Western Conference Finals last year. That's without just, Nurkic, <laughs> I know without Nurkic. So that's the thing. That's the that's the angle. That's the pathway to get there. Is it a stretch? But that's I I don't put it past that because I think the Clippers, I I, th- I still think the Clippers are winning it all. So I think they'll be in the West Coast. Clippers spot. could fall to four, right? If Clippers fall to four and the Mavericks are on that side of the bracket, then all of a sudden you're you're talking about you know that could be real because then all of a sudden the Lakers and Clippers are on the same side of the bracket makes for a crazy semifinal round, you know, for the West. And then, ideal scenario for Dallas. Clippers, Clippers four, Cl- Lakers Clippers one. Fa- Clippers fall to four. Utah is in that four or five matchup, and Houston goes on a little winning spree a little bit, and they move up to that two. They move up to that three spot, and 
Which they're only what three games behind that, two and a half games behind that. So Houston would have to to fly up if if Houston could surpass the Clippers and the Jazz, and you could get Denver and Houston in that two and three spot. They're two and a half games behind the Clippers right now and the Jazz. I mean, exactly. that, that's not ridiculous. I think that's the ideal scenario: is getting Denver and Houston in that two three matchup, uh, or in that two three spot to where Dallas. Uh, Dallas is in the six or seven spot. No, I, ideally, heck yeah, let's get, let's get Dallas up there. You know, <laughs> let's let's as far as you can go in the standings, go up there. But I think that's the that's the play to where you can you play one of those guys in the second round. And if you're facing, as long as you're not facing uh, the Lakers, or which I would rather play the Clippers. I mean, the Lakers than the Clippers. But Same. as long as you're not playing an LA team in the second round, you know, or the first round, that's that's your main goal of everything, right? To go to go that far, like the absolute ceiling, to make a, a Blazers type run where you you skip both of the the top teams, like that's the way it would have to go. I'm just saying, if Nick, you might have to legit quit the pod if they put the if if the Mavericks put the Lakers out of the playoffs. I don't know, guys. Y'all don't even know what this pod would be capable of until that moment. It would be unlistenable for days and days. The, 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 extre- the extremes that this would go to, the the future of the pod, I mean, the opportunities that will come about because there will be jokes for days. The I, I don't care. I, I would go, I mean, but anyway. I don't know if I would ever be able to log into my Twitter account again if that happens. You wouldn't at all. Man, there you go, guys. That's okay. our five questions. Tweet us. Let us know what you think about the answers to some of those. If you disagree with us, thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Maps. Peace out. Boom. Boom.